Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise, in verse 1, unto the Lord all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is good. He is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people in the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. Verse number five, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. What does, what does the holiday season from Thanksgiving to Christmas to New Year, what does that mean to you? You know, for, for different people, it means different things. For, for many, for many, it's a time to relax and get together with family. For some, it's a busy time preparing for family. And uh, others, it's a joyful time because of just the, the holidays and the different activities that take place. For others, it's a difficult time. For others, it's a time not necessarily of rejoicing, even though they're thankful to God for their many blessings. For some, it's a reminder of, of a loss. It's a reminder of some pain that they've maybe felt the previous years. And so this holiday season is so different, depending on who you talk to, depending on who you ask. Different people have different uh, things their families do. And, um, but what does it mean to you? What does it mean? You know, while Thanksgiving has only officially been a national celebration uh, since George Washington, President Washington, proclaimed it in 1789, it might surprise you to know this, though. God, God desires our thanksgiving, and God put it in his word way before 1769 that we are to be thankful that we're to praise him. In Leviticus 7, 11 through 15, and these verses obviously were written long before 1789, the Bible says this, And this is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings, which he shall offer unto the Lord. If he offer it for a thanksgiving, then he shall offer with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes mingled with oil, and unleavened wafers anointed with oil, and cakes mingled with oil of fine flour fried. Besides the cakes, he shall offer for his offering leavened bread, which is sacrifice of thanksgiving of his peace offerings. And of it he shall offer one out of the whole, uh, uh, for, for a heave offering unto the Lord, and it shall be the priest that sprinkleth the blood of the peace offerings. And the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving shall be eaten the same day that it is offered. He shall not leave any of it until the morning. Now that last part describes us men when it comes to the turkey, doesn't it? We don't leave any of it until the morning. But that's, that's what the Lord told his people all the way back in the book of Leviticus. He told his people, the Israelites, to worship him, to thank him. There was a special day set aside where the people of God came together and thanked him for his many blessings. This is not just something as an American that we celebrate because our first president put it there as a national holiday. This is something as Christians that we celebrate because of who God is. Throughout God's word, we see that giving thanks is an, is an option for those who follow God. The Bible says this in Psalm 92.1, it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. In 1 Chronicles 16.34, the Bible says, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, his mercy 
endureth forever. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, the Bible says, Whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Hebrews 13, 15 says this, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit, the fruit of the lips giving thanks to his name. You know, in a society that we live in today and Christians are afraid to publicly mention God, we, we need to be sure, Christian, that we give him thanks. We need to be sure in the society that we live in that we give him and thank him for the many blessings that he's given to each and every one of us. You know, everything we have, the Bible tells us it comes from him. I want you to see in James 1.17, the Bible says this, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You know, we, we should never, this holiday season's a great reminder for us that we should never, ever, ever be hesitant. We as Christians no matter how difficult it may be in society, we as Christians should never be reluctant to publicly give thanks. We should never be hesitant to, to let God know how much we love him, how much we appreciate him. And we should never, never be hesitant to praise him and give him thanks. Philippians 4, 6 says this, be careful, be careful for nothing, but in every by, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The Bible talks a lot about being thankful. The Bible talks a lot about thanksgiving. You know, God, he desires to hear every one of our requests. God desires to know what's on your heart. God wants to hear from his children. God desires that. He says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Why is Thanksgiving so important? Now, I don't mean the holiday Thanksgiving. I mean the spirit, the heart of Thanksgiving. Why is that so important? I want to look at that today here. I want you to study with me here, and I want to see three things here that would answer that question. Why is thanksgiving so important to the believer? First of all, I, I would say this, giving thanks, it reflects our heart for God. Giving thanks, it reflects our heart for God. By us being thankful, by us showing a heart of appreciation, by us saying to God, thank you. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your care. Thank you for your provisions. Thank you for being God. Thank you for giving me life. Thank you for Jesus Christ. You know, there is so much that we could be thankful for. And giving thanks, it reflects our heart. You know, the, the presence of thanksgiving, it's a reflection of what's going on in your heart. What's happening in your heart, the Bible tells us it's eventually going to come out. And God desires for us to be a, a people, a, uh, his children, thankful for who he is. And if it's in our heart, by being thankful, it shows what's inside of us. You know, you could teach your children to be kind and polite, but if it's not in their heart, it's not going to come out. 
You'll constantly be reminding them, be kind, be nice, be kind, be nice. But if it's in their heart, if you teach them in their heart, teach them the true thankfulness, teach them in their heart, it's going to show in their attitude. It's going to show in what they say. And so by us being thankful, it really shows what's in our heart. Luke 6, 45, the Bible says this, a good man out of good treasures of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. And so what's in your heart is going to come out. A good man, a thankful man, is going to show thanksgiving. You say, it's hard to be thankful. I would say this, you might need to check your heart. Because the Bible says a good man out of good treasures of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of evil treasures of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart... His mouth speaketh. Have you ever wondered why some people never have anything good to say? Do you know someone like that? If they said anything thankful, if they said anything nice, it would shock you. You'd ask them to repeat it. Because you just don't hear that. You know, that's not the way it ought to be with a Christian. I know there are things that happen in life that, that aren't always pleasant. There's things that we go through in life, burdens that we bury that aren't always pleasant burdens to bury. But our heart ought to always be a heart of thanksgiving for who God is. We ought not let circumstances in life uh, uh, cause us to get to the place where we can't be thankful to who God is anymore. Or thankful for what he's done for us. Or thankful for his many blessings. We ought to give thanks. Giving thanks, it reflects a, a heart for God. It reflects a, a heart of joy. The psalmist in Psalm 100 here, verses 1 and 2, he shows us, he tells us, make a, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Now, I don't believe he's just talking about singing there. I think he's talking about any way that our mouth could give thanksgiving to God. It might be through singing. It might be through conversation. It might through be through just singing and giving praises to him. I'm not sure exactly how it is. I just know this. The psalmist says, make a joyful noise. Have you ever heard someone make a noise out of their mouth? Ever say, hear somebody say, make, say something and it, it, it wasn't, wasn't kind, it wasn't nice? Here the psalmist is telling us this, and he's challenging us to make a joyful noise. Who, who, who decides if it's joyful? I believe God does. It's, it's, a, it's a noise, it's a song, it's a voice, it's a conversation that we make that it's pleasing to God. When he hears what's coming from your mouth, he knows it came from your heart, and it ought to be something that thanks him and praises him for being such a great God. The Bible says this in Psalm 95, 2, let us come before his presence with what? Thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. God wants us to give thanks as we come to him with singing. We come to him with an attitude of of joy and in gratitude. We ought to continue to just remember who God is and what he's done. I believe this, every day of the year ought to be a day of thanksgiving for God's children. 
Every day of the year, every day that we wake up and we have life and we have breath, it ought to be a day that we praise God for who he is. We ought to have a heart, a heart of joy. We ought to, as well, I believe this, have a heart of service. The first word of Psalm 100 verse 2 says this, serve. That's an attitude of thanksgiving. It's an, it's an opportunity to do something to show that you appreciate who God is. You know, I like to do nice things. How many of your husbands like to do nice things for your wives? How many wives, how many of your husbands do nice things for you? <laughs> you know, by doing things, by serving, by doing things for someone that you love, what does it do? It shows them that you love them. You know, it's not just saying I love you. It's not just saying to the person that you love that you thank, you're thankful for them. It's not just saying it. It's also showing it here in Psalm 100. I believe a heart, heart ought to be thankful. Our, our mouth then ought to show what's inside of our heart. And our feet, feet and our hands then, they ought to also prove that we are thankful to God. In verse number two, he says, serve, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. You know, when we give thanks and praise, we're offering up a service also to the Lord. Former Denver, Denver Broncos quarterback, Tim Tebow, he uh, is used to receiving criticism, unfortunately, being mocked on and off the field for his Christian beliefs. How many of you ever followed the story of Tim Tebow? You'd find that from what I've read, he's a strong Christian, and it seems like he's taken a lot of abuse for being a strong Christian. But when, when asked in an ESPN interview why he needs to tell others about his love for Jesus, this is how he responded. If you're married and you have a wife and you really love your wife, is it good enough to only say to your wife, I love you the day you get married? Or should you tell her every single day when you wake up and have an opportunity? He said this, and that's how I feel about my relationship with Jesus Christ. It is, my, it is the most important thing in my life. So every opportunity I have to tell him I love him, I'm going to take that opportunity to shout him out on national TV I'm going to take that opportunity. You know what he's saying? I'm going to serve him. I'm going to serve him. The Apostle Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15, said, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. He goes on to say in verse 15, and that he died for all, that they which shall live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. And what he's saying is, Paul is saying, I can't help, I can't help but talk about who Jesus is. He died for me. He gave his life for me. I love him, and I've got to tell everyone who Jesus Christ is. You know, you can't help but talk about and serve who and what you love. You talk about the things you love. You talk about things that, that uh, are close to your heart. You know, I, I see this, uh, I saw it yesterday, somebody was doing some traveling and, and they showed the sign of Krispy Kreme, the light was on. 
And they talked about how happy they were. You know, you talk about, you share. People close to you know, and even people that aren't too close to you, know what you love because you talk about what you love. And we as Christians talk about a lot of things. The question, the challenge for us today would be this. Do we talk about Jesus? We hear a guy like a Tim Tebow, he's got a national platform and he's going to take every opportunity, even, even if it seemingly hurts him and his reputation, he doesn't care because he loves Jesus. But Apostle Paul is saying the same thing here in 2 Corinthians. He's talking about the one that saved him. He's talking about the one that died for him. How could he keep it in? How could he not say anything about it? He can't shut it up. He's got to tell who Jesus is because you talk about and serve the one you love. Husbands, you should talk about your wives, but people ought to hear how much you love them. Wives, you should talk about your husbands, but people ought to hear how much you love them. We love, we talk about the things we love. We also ought to have a heart of praise. You know, we teach our children to say thank you, because it's the response to show that you appreciate. Our children, since they were young, and I'm sure you do the same thing, when they can first start to talk, when they can first start to, to understand, you, you teach them thank you and you're welcome. You teach them to be kind and polite. You don't want to, somebody give you something and you, you just take it and not say thank you. Well, the same thing is true in our relationship with God. God gives every day to us. He gives us life. He gave us his son. He gave us salvation. He has given us so many blessings, and we ought to have a heart of praise. That ought to be something that daily, every single day, we think about who God is. We think about what he's done. We think about what he's going to do. It ought to produce in us a, a heart of praise. Do you have a heart of praise today? Do you come to God's house to praise Him? To thank Him? What's our motives of, of coming today? Do we come so that our heart could be seen before God and God be pleased with what He sees? God to be pleased with what He hears? God to be pleased on how we serve? At the age of 22, a Baptist scholar, Robert Robinson, penned the words to a, a hymn that demonstrated the connection between thankfulness and praise. I'm sure everyone here would probably know this hymn. He says this, Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Another verse he penned said, Teach me some melodious sonnet sing by, uh, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. We ought to have a heart of praise. How's your heart today? Are you thankful? Secondly, secondly, we ought to give thanks because giving thanks respects the ways of God. Respects the ways of God. I want you to see verse number three. The Bible says this, know ye, know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people 
and the sheep of his pastures. It is a psalmist. He continues in verse number three here, telling us, know ye that the Lord, he is God. You see, the, the presence, the presence of thanksgiving, it's an indicator that we know. We know and we respect the Lord for who he is. He says this, know, know that he, the Lord, he is God. We ought to know that about him and be thankful for that. He goes on to say, for it is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We wouldn't be here without God. We wouldn't have what we have without God. We're here because of who God is. God, he is sovereign. We ought to give thanks toward the ways of God because he's a sovereign God. He is God. He is in control. He is sitting upon his throne. He is in charge. There's never a, never a moment, there's never a time, there's never an event in, in human history where God is surprised. God is in control. We ought not get discouraged. We ought not fret. We ought not get complaining about the events of this world. We ought to know this, that God is in control. That God, He, the Lord, He is God. He is the creator of this universe. First Chronicles 29, verse number 11 says, Thine, O Lord, is the, is, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Isn't that wonderful? Let me read that again. He says, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. He's describing our God. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is Thine, and Thine is the kingdom. He goes on to say, O Lord, and Thou art exalted as head above all. In 1 Chronicles 29, verse number 12, both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might. Isn't it wonderful to hear someone describe who our God is? I don't care what you're struggling with today. You need to know this, that God is powerful. God is victorious. God is all glory. God is all power. He can help you with every need you have today. He's God. Verse number 13, now therefore, our God, we thank thee and we praise thy glorious name. Some people, some people believe in many gods. There's many in this world today that believe in just many, many gods. Several weeks ago on a Sunday evening, we showed a documentary of, of uh, uh, India and showed that in India, many, many people, they, they worship many gods because they're afraid that if they forget one, that, that one they forget might get upset with them. Aren't you so glad that we don't have to live life wondering if we're going to upset a god? If we forget one? We've got to just keep continuing to, to worship anything and everything just in case someone, someone God with a little G would get upset and cause problems for us. Listen, we don't have to worry about that. There's only one God. It's the God, the creator of this universe, and we can come to his presence. We can worship him. He is victorious. He is powerful. He is mighty. He is our God, and we can worship him this morning and praise him for who he is. Psalm 103, know ye that the Lord, he is God. And there's only one way to know him. Knowing God is only through his son, Jesus Christ. John 14, 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, 
and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That means this, we can know God. Isn't that a wonderful thing this morning? I mean, we ought to be so thankful to know that we can know God. The creator of this universe, the one, the one that said to the moon, uh, come into existence and, and hang right there and do exactly what I want. The one that said to the sun, I want you to come into existence and hang right there and do exactly what I say. The one that said to all the stars and, and, and everything in creation, just out of his mouth, he spoke it and it was there. That is our God and we can know him this morning. Isn't that wonderful? We don't have to go through life hoping, hoping that, that through the, the number of gods that we pick the right one. There's only one God, and we can know him through his son, Jesus Christ. Well, that's a wonderful thing this morning. Jeremiah 9, verse number 23 through 24 says this, Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. He's saying don't glory in anything. Don't glory in what you think you have. Don't glory in your might. Don't glory in your riches. Only, but, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. He said, don't glory in anything else. I don't care how much you have. I don't care how, care how popular you are. I don't care what you think you have. Only glory in knowing him. And you can only know him through Jesus. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercised loving kindness, judgment, riches, righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. You see, if there's anything to celebrate this season, it's not in anything that we have done, because if it's in something we have done every year, it might not be a reason to celebrate. How many of you made a mistake this year? How many of you made something that made, you made the decision that you lost sleep this year? Huh? I know I have. Raised both hands and a foot for that one. Well, if we, if we just gloried, if we just gave thanks when, when we did good things, yeah, there might be times that we're thankful, but there's a lot of times we couldn't be thankful. Aren't you so glad that this year, it doesn't matter with the mistakes you've made this past year, it doesn't matter the decisions you've made, maybe they weren't the best decisions, but you can still have a wonderful year of thanksgiving because of who God is and what God has done for you? Boy, I'm so glad that we don't have to live life uh, uh, just rejoicing in if we made a good decision, because I'm human and you're human, and we don't always make the best decisions, but God always makes the decisions that are right. God is always powerful. God always uh, deals with things correctly. God is always loved. He always cares for us, and for that reason, we have a reason to be thankful every day of the year, because of who he is. It's the knowledge that the Lord is God. And that, that brings a whole new appreciation for thanksgiving in our hearts. I'm thankful upon who he is. I'm thankful for what he has done. I'm thankful that he is always right. I'm thankful that he is sovereign. I'm thankful for his loving kindness. I'm thankful for the victory that I have through him. 
He's our creator. Boy, time's getting away from me here today. He's our creator. Now we read this. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastures. You see, when we give thanks to God, it shows our respect for our, our creator. And it shows the respect that he has a plan for our lives. I like that song, Praise Him from Whom All Blessings Flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You know, God wants us to know where we came from so that we can directly praise and thank the one that created us. God's not interested and God doesn't desire and God doesn't want us to thank someone else for what he's done. You know, he's a jealous God. You say, well, how could God be a jealous God if jealousy is sin? I don't know. I don't understand that. I just know that God is because he says he is. He, he doesn't desire for us to thank and praise someone for something he's done. That's why I don't think he, he enjoys listening to people worship the earth. And we're not supposed to worship the earth. We're not supposed to worship the things in this world. We're supposed to worship the one that created the earth. We're supposed to worship the one that created the, the moon. We're not supposed to worship the moon. We're not supposed to worship the sun. Uh, all through time, the human beings have, have picked out things that the creator has created, and they begin to worship the creation instead of worshiping the creator. God desires us to worship him for what he's done, not worship what he's done. Ecclesiastes 12.1 says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor while the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. He's our redeemer. We ought to thank him for that. God didn't just make us and then leave us in this world. God didn't just make you in man's sin, and now God says just deal with sin yourself. Live a life and die and, 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 and spend eternity paying for all of your sin debt. That's not God's plan. God said, yeah, you did sin, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send your Redeemer. God didn't just leave us helpless in our, in our trespasses and sins. God didn't just leave us. He didn't look at us and say, you made the choice. You made the decision. Now you've got to live with it. God said, yeah, you made the choice. You made the decision. And I'm going to send my son. To, re to redeem you back to me. We ought to thank him today because he's our redeemer. He doesn't just leave you there. And once he saved you, he doesn't just leave you there. He's got a plan for your life. I mean, isn't that a wonderful thing about God? He is our redeemer. He cares so much. There's something special that he loves about you. There's something specific that he desires from you. He's got a plan for your life. God doesn't just leave you aimlessly going through this world, hoping, hoping you've made the right decisions. God left you here so that you could serve him. He's got you here so you can worship him. He has you here so you can praise him. He has you here so you can tell a world that doesn't know who Jesus is, who Jesus is, and what they can do for you. God's got a plan for your life. We ought to praise him for that. He's our redeemer. John 8, verse uh, 44, ye are your father, ye are of the uh, father, your, your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, abode not in the truth, because there was no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. 
that's what we were before we were saved. But when you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, now no more can someone say that your father's the devil. No more, no more can someone say that, that you, he's a murderer from the beginning and, and so are you. And no more can someone say that you're just like your, your father. From now on, you're redeemed back to God. You don't have to be like the devil. You can be like the Son of God. You could, you could be a child of God. John eight forty four. No one's automatically part of God's family. To be a child of God, you've got to be recognized or identified as a sinner in need of a Savior. God gave this Son, Jesus Christ, as a free gift. In that gift, your salvation, it was bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you can trust Him through faith. And you can be redeemed back to God. In Colossians 1, verse 12 through 14, the Bible says, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet the, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his, his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sin. That right there, that right there, if nothing else is right in your life, if you're a child of God, that right there, you have something worth being thankful for. I mean, maybe, you, maybe your gas gauge is on empty and you, you don't have any money. Maybe you're late on the mortgage. Maybe things are rough at work. I want to tell you this morning that in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, hey, things might not be going the way you want them to go here on this earth, but if you're saved, you've been redeemed back to God. The blood of Jesus Christ was sufficient to cover your sin. You can know and you can be assured that one day you will be with Jesus Christ and God in heaven for all of eternity. He said, I I go to prepare a place for you. You have a place in heaven because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. You have something to be thankful for today. Smile. You have something to be thankful for. Christian, we don't need to be complaining about everything that's going on and everything in our life and, 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 and every, every sorrow we're going through. We ought to be thankful for who Jesus Christ is. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says this, For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. God went to great lengths to ensure that we have a Redeemer. He gave what was precious to Him. He gave what can never change. There's not going to be a time in human history where God says, you know what? The payment that was given, the Jesus Christ, the, the blood that was shed, it's no longer sufficient. We've got to do something different now. If you're saved, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, nothing can change that. There's not going to be a time where God says no longer is that pay payment sufficient. No, from now to the end of time, you know what's going to happen? That blood is still sufficient. That blood still saves. That blood is still what's necessary. That blood saved your soul. That blood washed your sins away. And it's always going to be that way. Never, never, never is God going to say, I'm sorry, what you were first trusting in is no longer what you can trust in. I don't have to wake up every day and worry. I don't have to wake up tomorrow and wonder, does God still love me? I don't have to
have to wake up tomorrow and say, is the blood still sufficient? I don't have to wake up tomorrow and say, am I still redeemed? I don't have to wake up tomorrow and say, no matter what I did the night before, if I'm a saved from a child of God, the blood, the blood never loses its power. Praise God for that. That's something to be thankful for. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there, any, is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. Thirdly, and I'm just going to give you this point and I'll be done. The Bible says this, giving, uh, in verse 4 and 5, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endureth to all generations. Thirdly, giving thanks responds to the love of God. When we give thanks, we show a proper response to the great love He's shown us. When we give thanks to God, we are showing the proper response to what He has shown us. Giving thanks responds to the love, the love of God. I don't have time to develop that point this morning. My time's gone, but I wonder this morning, how's your heart? Are you thankful? Are you critical? Do you look at everything in life and complain? No, I'm just, you know, I just, I just feel like it's my responsibility to, you know, to point out the things that nobody else sees. Maybe there's something wrong with your heart. I think it's just, you know, my responsibility to be critical. Because after all, if we're not, yeah, if we're not, you know, we'd all have a heart of joy and thanksgiving. Today, have you thanked him and praised him more than you've been critical? I don't think God desires to hear our criticism. But I know God desires to hear our praise. Are you thankful today?